today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, is not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. I'm Adam Minahan here sitting in studio with David Niles to my right. And to my left, I have a very special guest, a dear friend that we had a great conversation with last night, mm. Dr. John Cutterback. Dr. John Cutterback, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. It is a delight to be here. It's morning time, so we're not going to do whiskey, beer. We're going to go. We're going to stick with coffee. Yeah, and blueberries. And blueberries. Yes, my, <laughs> yeah. My, my wife sent, uh, took took my kids to a farm a couple days ago and had the boys and Anna pick blueberries. Yeah. Thunderbird. Is, yeah, Thunderbird Farms. Which is the, awesome. And the blueberries. My, uh, it's kind of a tradition. They they go my. My wife's been taking the kids for several years now, anyway, mm -hmm. um, and they're always good. Nice, nice blueberries. Let me tell you, they have a great business plan. Come over. You can pay us. Pay us to pick our blueberries. Right. It's a great business model. It's and great blueberries. It's, yes. Yeah, it's almost uh, Tom Sawyer-ish, you know. It's like, well, if you give me a dollar, I'll let you whitewash this fence for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm having a really good time. Yeah. So... Not just anybody gets to do it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So we're not going to stick to our regular format uh, this this morning because, uh, like I said, it's, it's morning time, and we have Dr. Cutterback, and we have so many questions that we want to ask him. Yeah. Um, so we're we're not sticking to the man beverage, man gear, man topic format. We're just going to basically go right into the topic. Is that yeah. right, Dave? Is that what you want to do? Yeah, we're just going to plow right into it. Okay. I'll, I'll let you go first. Boldly. 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 Well, first of all, Dr. Cutterback. Uh, you are a professor at St. John... No, Christendom. Christendom. College. Christendom College. What was I, I was going to say John Christos, Christosom. Isn't there another... I get these... Isn't there... There's a saint like John... John Christosom. Christosom, that's, that's, yeah. That, that's what you're... Uh, I get them confused common, all the yeah. time. Some people call Christendom Christosom. Like, right. So. Yeah. But you're a professor at Christendom College. I, I am. In Virginia. I, I am indeed. I am. Uh, and you teach 25 years. I'm teaching philosophy and I'm... Still loving it. What is philosophy? <laughs> that is a good question. <laughs> a deep question. <laughs> would take it a long time to answer. But yeah, <laughs> stay a while. Hmm. No, that's right. 
Uh, so, keep thinking. So we had you we had you here uh, last night for the uh, St. Michael Radio. You you gave it an excellent talk. Thank you. Um, on basically being intentional Catholics within the household. Uh, you have a book called. You have a book. Why don't we go to the Bev Cam really fast there, so that way people can can check that out. True friendship. Um, so we wanted to talk to you about friendship. Really good book. Easy to read. You know, you. Uh, just right right down to it. That was the idea. I don't like it when people use the word pithy for a book, but because mm-hmm. it's like it's overplayed. You know, everybody mm-hmm. says that about right. books, right. but it really is. Well, thank you. Yeah. It, it was I mean, the fruit of a lot of teaching and learning what really moved people and helped change their lives. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a great opportunity to take some of the insights of the classroom from the ancients and try to package them for a broader audience. So yeah. I was, was trying to make it uh, both pithy, if I may, yeah. and, and accessible. I liked it because I tried to read Aristotle, and that was hard. Did you get the categories down? Yeah. I mean, so then when I read your book, I said, should have just read this. <laughs> <laughs> mm. This is much better. <laughs> Well, it, it you know reading Aristotle takes practice. Yeah, I mean, and I mean and that's what going to Christendom is for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean really, sure. Aristotle, you know, in general, it's it's difficult to just pick them up and and jump in. But you know, in the classroom, we can do that by a sustained you know effort over time, working together, building up. Mm-hmm. But um, sometimes it's appropriate to try to distill some of those things. And hey, not everyone's going to have the opportunity to get that education. Right. So right. try to bring that. You know, to those people. But you're also a husband and a father of I six. I am. Yes, I, I am indeed. I'm. I'm. I like to say I raised my wife and I raised our children on the banks of the Shenandoah in the shadow of the Blue Ridge Mountains. And that sounds a, it's pretty cool. It's yeah. a, it's a it's a beautiful beautiful place and a beautiful community. Mm. I, I count myself very blessed. Wonderful, yes. wonderful. You also have a website, baconfromacorns.com. Correct. Right. Did I, I get that URL I correct? Do, indeed. Um, I can never indeed. remember if it's. Bacon acorn to- from bacon, bacon from acorns. The most common mistake is acorns to bacon. Yes. Bacon Something, acorns. yeah, I probably have but made that mistake. That's okay. Bacon it, from acorns. It is. Because the focus is on the bacon. Right. Which is natural. Yeah, which yes. has come from, by God's loving providence, the acorns that have been consumed by the pigs. Right. Must mm. there be any, any doubt. And I'm I, glad they I, like acorns. I don't personally... I like acorns. No, I, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> but you've liked them once they've been transformed. Right, indirectly. That's right. Through the the pig, I do mm-hmm. really like them. So before we lot. get into friendship, I do want to ask this question about bacon because this is a very important topic it for is me. An important topic. Uh, the principle of diminishing returns has to happen when it becomes too thick of bacon. But where is mm, that cutoff? Yeah. Where is, is where is the cutoff of too thick of bacon where you don't get it any longer? So I, many of life's important questions have been mistaken for this one. They thought this is really what they were trying to figure out. They got it confused for other things. I, I, I've seen it happen myself. Yeah. Uh, particularly when I uh, the hours I have spent uh, cutting bacon by hand. And so each piece is a slightly different thickness. And so I have, I've had all these opportunities to, to try every, every possible thickness. And, right. And, and so I, it's kind of a, a secret. Oh. I can't 
share with you the exact right thickness. If you come to my house, you will experience it at breakfast. Oh, that's Other, otherwise you're kind of on your own. Oh, that's yeah. cruel. That road, is cruel. Road, road trip. Yeah. <laughs> Campouts in Virginia this year, guys. Uh, oh, you want to talk about the campout just really okay, fast? Okay, yeah, yeah. Because so he's, he's going to Clear Creek right after this. Right, yeah. So, Dr. Kodabek, you're a, a fan of Clear Creek, just like everyone here on the Catholic Man Show. Big time. Um, we have our annual campout. It's coming up the last weekend of October, the 25th of October? 24th through 24th, 27th. Yeah. Uh, and then recently it came to my attention that my wife's birthday is in the middle of those dates hmm. when she pointed it out to me. <laughs> Which I did know, just had not occurred to me yet. But anyway, There's different kinds of knowledge. Yes, indeed, indeed, <laughs> so many. Uh, but campouts twenty fourth through the twenty seventh, twenty sixth. Would you 27th, say twenty seventh? Yeah, through the Sunday. Um, so we'll have signups time. are not available yet. But uh, first come, we get first priority to our Council of Man Patreon supporters. Um, so if you want to make sure that you can come. Join us on Patreon, and mm-hmm. you also get other cool stuff that we'll send to you. But it's always a blast. We eat, eat with the monks. We pray with the monks. Mm-hmm. Wine cooks a pig. Maybe we throw axes at stuff. Yeah, I mean, we you just throw axe throwing. We're gonna do. Are we doing the uh, forging? Are we going to the forge shop? I think that the probability of having the forge tour is very high this year. Very good. So, I cannot say one way or the. I have not confirmed, but okay. Uh, relationships were. Greatly improved last year. Yes. So that's that's exciting. So I think so. So you can go to the CatholicManshow.com and, and to find out more information on that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So where do we, where do we want to start with uh, friendship? We, we only have about two minutes, three minutes left uh, on this segment. Okay. So we, yeah. We can probably get going. I mean, this is, I think, there's a couple things, Dr. Cutabit, I think, that I think you're known for. Friendship is one of them, you know, because you've just, you wrote a book about it. Um so that's what we want to talk about today. And when I read your book, one of the things that I was, oh, kind of surprised to think about, which I had never really thought about, is that not everyone is even really capable of having an authentic friendship. Well, maybe it's not that they're not capable, but not in their present state yeah. capable. Yeah. <clears throat> Ultimately, they would be capable. But that's a, that's, a, that's a great place to start. We're, we're made for friendship. We're capable of it mm-hmm. if we know what we're about and we're willing to do certain things. And we need to figure out what those are. And so that is really my main focus, to try to discern what the astoundingly beautiful plan is that God has intended for us in designing us for friendship. And we need to, with humility and with courage, mm-hmm. investigate what that is. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd like to say, as any other great good in life, we need to know what we're about. We need to know what it is we're looking for so that we can be intentional mm-hmm. in pursuing it. Mm-hmm. And this really applies in spades to friendship. We all, we all know we want it, but do we really stop and discern what is this reality what needs to obtain? What needs to happen? What do we need to do? What do we need to become if this is really going to be possible? Mm-hmm. Do you have just a good definition of friendship? Um, I, I, I like to say, um, as kind of a shorthand, it's sharing one good life or living one good life together. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of, 
kind of my shorthand for yeah. it. So it has to be yeah. a shared life in common. It is. And that's, it's good life because that's uh, taking the Thomas you know, principle of, of what the definition of love, you know, willing the good for the other. So you're, right. so you're kind of intertwining the love with friendship. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's why long distance friendships are very difficult. Very, very difficult. One of the great questions Aristotle asked and answered. Can really? you do it? Yep. Interesting. interesting. All right. Well, we'll get to that. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, and Dr. John Cudaback from the University from St. Christoph no Christendom College. It's like I'm going to get it right. In I, the I end. believe in you. Thank you. Thank you. One of these days I'll get it right without making a mistake. I'm but, trying to believe. Yeah. <laughs> you know that in, that's enough. I think. I, yeah. I, I hope so. For me, it is. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about authentic friendship. Right before, at the very end of the last segment, we kind of got a, a definition about friendship is having a, a shared life, mm-hmm. a life in common. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that you point out in the book is that Aristotle says you cannot pursue well, the good life, which is something he calls the good life, must be a part of a real friendship. There are other, there's different levels of friendship, but if mm-hmm. you want, if you want to mm-hmm. pursue an authentic friendship, um, one that's not just about a oh, utility or, you know, I get something out of this relationship. You know, if you're really pursuing a relationship where you're putting their other person's good at the end of the relationship, as the end of the relationship, what is the good life that he talks about? Well, um, that's, he studies friendship in the Nicomachean Ethics. It comes towards the end of the 10 books, and it's books 8 and 9 where he goes over friendship. But he doesn't look at friendship until he's also gone through all of the other virtues. Hmm. And so, in a word, he has already established his basic point that, I mean, so beautiful, always worth returning to, to be living virtuously is to be happy. It's, it's, it's so important to see. He doesn't see what we call happiness. Remember, from happiness is not a feeling. It is a flourishing way of being. Happiness is not a a reward for having been virtuous. Being virtuous is being happy. Mm-hmm. And this, it is to be what you were designed to be. You are fulfilled in precisely living the virtuous life. Mm-hmm. So he's already secured that point. He's already made this, you know, shared this fundamental insight, developed this insight, and gone through the different virtues. Then, wonderfully, it's this kind of culmination. He says, all right, now, now let's talk about friendship, because we all know from experience, even if you had everything else in life, you wouldn't even choose to live if you didn't have friends. And so he says that the friendship itself is a kind of virtue, though it's different from the others, because, of course, it's not just a habit I have in myself. It's this kind of mutual shared thing. But it comes after it primarily because he's saying to have the real deal it is what friendship is in reality, the most important kind. It's going to be to be sharing 
the virtuous life that you have developed. So that's, that's why you need to understand, first of all, what the virtues are. We need to have a sense of what we are called to be so that we can then see, ah, and real friendship will be to be pursuing that and doing that together with the persons that we love. Yeah, that's beautiful. And really, in the end, I think that friendship helps you pursue those virtues. They kind of feed off of it, each it, other. It, it, it absolutely. In fact, one of, the, one of the great things we look at when we go through this is uh, there, there can seem to be a contradiction. Aristotle is, is certainly trying to convey to us you can't really do friendship unless you're virtuous. But then how do people really best become virtuous in the context of pursuing it with friends? Mm-hmm. So right. it can seem to be a little bit of the, well, well, which comes first, don't each require the other. And I th- in, in a sense, the kind of straightforward answer to that is they, they both, they, they do in some real way require one another, mm-hmm. which fundamentally means you pursue them both at the same time. Yeah, I think it's interesting. When Dave and I talk to, to guys, and we, you know, Dave and I have been friends since, since we've been about five years old, and so we didn't realize that that wasn't a common thing, right? To, to just have a childhood friend that you grew up with mm-hmm. and, until we started talking to other guys. And then they, it seems like that they have friends, and then maybe the friends aren't necessarily virtuous men, and they realize, I need to get back onto this straight path, the straight and narrow path. I need to become a virtuous man. Mm-hmm. And what does that do? But that isolates them from the group. And there's a there's a time where they feel very alone because the the friends that they had necessarily weren't true friends, like what you talk about in your book, right. because it wasn't founded in virtue at right. all. Right, right. Um, and so they feel a little lost. Right. Uh, do you see that, Kristen? I mean, dealing with 18, 20 year old all the time? Oh, I'm going to see it. I, I see it everywhere. I mean, I mean, friendship is such a treasure, and it's, and Scripture says, the man who has found, paraphrasing, the man who has found a true friend has found a rare treasure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it, it really is rare. I mean, I, I would, I bet that with you two, there came a point that you realize, even if it, you can't point to a particular time that you remember, where in your maturing together, it's, you kind of discovered we're, we're at a whole new place now, and you were still sharing this, this aspect that's clearly central to both of you of you want to grow in holiness, you want to become a certain kind of man. And so you didn't even really reflect upon it. You already had had that more immature, uh, but you know, healthy, normal, and good relationship as a child. But I mean, this is the thing about the term friend. You say we've been friends since we were five years old. You were something very different when you were five years old than yes. you are now. Sure, sure, right? yeah, absolutely. And, and now you are sharing a life together in a much more rich way. And you now have much more of a sense of what it really means to be human, what it really means to live a human life. And now you are able to intentionally pursue that together. I think there's lots of people who maybe had those quote, friends, and again, the term can be used in that way in a much more loose sense, mm-hmm. when they're young or high school or college, but then, I mean, does it ever really become anything else, which is very much dependent upon where am I? Am, mm-hmm. am I recognizing who I am, what I need to be, these kind of fundamental questions of life? And additionally, then my friend over here, and as you say, it can, you can often end up being isolated. Right. You realize... 
we don't share that anymore. So what do we share? Friendship is always some kind of sharing. Mm-hmm. It's always some type of commonality. And there are much more limited commonalities that we can have. But then there's the deeper commonalities that are, are really a sharing in a completely, I won't say completely, a profoundly new way. The type of thing that many have not really realized. You can be this close with another human being. You can have this much in common. You can be this much alive together. But again, there's, there's only specific ways, really, that that can be done. And if I may just say one further thing then, one of the great lies of our society, which leads to so much unhappiness, is not bringing out the truth that the, the really the only way to really be close to those we love, to really be together with them the way we so naturally yearn, is if we are willing to live in that upright way that even nature and supernature calls us to. Yeah, uh, and one thing that always astonished me is that Aristotle is a pagan. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't have... He's a bad pagan. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> based, he, based on, just, you know, he had so many great real truths that he picked out that were almost divine that he was... It just seemed like he wasn't very... Well, it just goes to show oh, you how God has... Okay, so I just didn't understand. You're saying yeah. he wasn't very good at being, at being a pagan. pagan. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Right. But he came to all of these deep truths without any revelation from any divine revelation other than what is just naturally present that God has, you know, put into the world in, in, in our nature. And it's just, I don't think I would have ever gotten there if I was him. And, and, and the thing is, St. Thomas explicitly points out that the, what the light of nature or natural reason can show us in what, in fact, historically, in reality, it does show us, or what mm-hmm. people do come to see, are two very different things. But Aristotle stands in God's providence, and, and this was perhaps a particular gift of divine providence, certainly the fathers of the church speak that way. We, we can see what the light of natural reason itself shows us. That doesn't mean that everyone is going to come to that by any yeah. stretch of the imagination, yeah. but it is a nice reminder of the profundity of the gift of natural reason itself. Mm-hmm. But then as Christians, we have the, a whole new basis for appreciating friendship. Of course, I mean, let's, let's just cut to the chase. In John 15, it's 15, 15, I believe, of that, that, that stunning, that jaw-dropping, that life-changing line, I have called you friends. It is, it is just a stunning revelation and it means something. It means something very specific. And for me, this is, this is a great example of why I love philosophy so much. Going to Aristotle and really studying earnestly, just by the light of natural reason, what friendship means. It gives us a foundation. It gives us a sense of the great reality that's captured in this term. And I, and I just kind of imagined to myself that when our Lord said, I have called you friends, that he, he, he in his own mind is thinking, now, how will people be able to hear this, right? This, this, this reality, this is the way it always is with revelation, that there has to be a certain natural understanding so that we can understand what our Lord is trying to say to us. Mm-hmm. So if, if we have a shallow view of friendship, then reading John 15 where he says, I've called you friends, you know, 
what, what, do, what does that say to us? Does it just go kind of right over our head? But if we are trying to understand, but even just by the light of natural reason and by experience, what real friendship is, the more that we see that, the more then when you hear our Lord say that word, you have a sense of, oh my goodness, is he really calling us to do that right. with him? And if you think, yeah, sharing common life is one thing, common life with God that's a totally different thing, and I want to come back to that. Uh, we're, here, we're talking about authentic friendship here with Dr. John Cutterback. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sitting here with Dr. John Cutterback, talking about friendship. What am I, chopped liver? I said we're sitting here. Oh, okay. I'll, so I'll I implied okay. that you were okay. here. I'll let it pass. Uh, I'm gonna, I forgive you. I'm going to go into dangerous territory here and try to recall what St. Thomas, what I read in the Summa not too long ago about uh, St. Thomas asked the question, if we go to heaven, is God simply enough? By himself, and the answer is obviously yes. But he yet he chose to have a, a, a communion of people. There, there's uh, multiple people in the body of Christ. Obviously, that looks different. The friendship looks different for each uh, aspects of life, I guess. So maybe we should talk about the people who come into our lives, uh, the different types of friendships that they. They can play a role in, in, in our lives and in salvation and, and getting to heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that sound does, does that sure. sound accurate? Sure. Um, I mean, perhaps a great place to begin is just to to wonder at the uh, soundingly generous and beautiful plan of God that our happiness will be in communion with other persons. Mm-hmm. First of all, and primarily. Um, and it could, it, it would suffice. You're right. St. Thomas absolutely does say it, it would suffice were it just you and God, and God in mm-hmm. heaven. Right. 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 Um, so w- we are made for communion. The ultimate communion will be our relationship with God, which absolutely can, as we'll circle back to later, be called a friendship. But in his great generosity, he also offers us friendships with others human persons mm-hmm. that don't, those relationships don't take away from our relationship with him. They actually Enhance. build towards it. Indeed, let me give you a line. Uh, here's, here's just a absolutely beautiful point uh, from St. Alred. St. Alred is the great uh, medieval writer um, who wrote a great book called Spiritual Friendship. <clears throat> I have to check that out. I, I'm not aware uh, of that it's, one. It's a masterpiece. Saint Alred. Alred. I've never even A E L R E D. Spiritual friendship. He was okay. a, he was a Cistercian, hmm. um, and he beautifully says that in all really all of our relationships, but especially in friendships, from the start, God is at work preparing us for our friendship with Him. That is god's plan 
but it's uh, so there's this beautiful aspect of our friendships with human persons are a kind of instrument leading us towards God, but not as it were a mere instrument because it's also a kind of participation in our relationship with God. So God, again, in his generosity, wants us to have these real, profound, and deep relationships with human persons that are part of who we are. Now, now, what you started to point to there, Adam, is there, I mean, there's different kinds, and, and they're different levels. And you know, this, is, this is more than we're going to be able to sort out, but just, let's just start with the point, a wise man, if you want to live a good life, and respond to God's generous plan as it's been given to us, we need to learn to discern what are the different what are the differences between the relationships we have with different people in our lives. Mm-hmm. There's I mean, a relationship with parents is a beautiful and key one. It's it's different than any other. It needs to be respected and lived for what it is. It, there can ultimately be, probably won't be able to address this, there can be a kind of friendship, although in general that's not, you don't so much in general speak of your parents as your friends. It's a, it's, it's a different kind of relationship, although there can be an aspect of friendship. But let's go with when Aristotle distinguishes between kinds of friendship. His famous distinction is between the friendship of pleasure and utility and then the friendship of virtue. And a mistake that a lot of people make is they think, oh, that friendship of pleasure and utility, which is more rooted in pleasure, we have a good time together. Utility, we, we, we provide something for one another. We, we, we're, there's, there's a usefulness mm-hmm. to this. People assume, oh, well, this is between the difference between good and bad. Right. That's a selfish, fr- those are selfish friendships, right. I think. Right. And they can be selfish, mm-hmm. but they are not necessarily selfish. Right. So one, one of the things that I, uh, I like to focus on is you can have a friendship of pleasure or utility and with a virtuous person, if you are virtuous, and really what we're, what we're seeing there is this friendship doesn't have the time and the context to go into a deeper kind of sharing. Mm-hmm. And so it really isn't much more than, hey, we, we have this much together. I mean, th- think about this. You know, in, in college, you know, that person that you just kind of enjoyed being with. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I, and, and there really wasn't much more. You, if you are both people of integrity, mm-hmm. right, this this can be a, a a fine relationship. It is what it is. You don't pretend that it is more than it is, right? And it might just be a friendship of pleasure. Yeah. Now that same kind of friendship again, if you're not if you if you don't have integrity, right? Th- then that can be that can be abused, right? So yeah. St. Thomas and Aristotle are clear. Those those lower forms of friendship by their nature can be had really by most anybody. And then some people will do them well, and other people won't do them so well. But then there's this other kind of friendship that, I mean, part of the thing that we need to see here, and this is a very practical thing, Aristotle St. Thomas insists this kind of friendship can only be had with a very small number of people. And this, and, is, this is going to be my next question. Well, this is I'm key. Glad, I'm glad this you're going key. there. People, I mean, I think all, pe- people can, you can make a big mistake on this where, where if you study about true friendship and hear some beautiful things about it, you can think, so I need to go out there and try to start to do this true friendship thing mm-hmm. with kind of all these people with that everybody, I know. With everybody, everybody, right? yeah. And, 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 and that's a serious mistake. As Alred said, friendly towards all, but rich friendship with a very small number. 
So what I'm most interested in, because I think it's it's the heart of the plan, is to learn what that fuller, deeper kind of friendship is, and then to learn how to discern with whom you can do it, and what does that what's that look like, and how is it done, while not neglecting the place that these other relationships have. Mm-hmm. And so to finish this, and then and then and you come at me with whatever you want to do. Say a good life, a virtuous life, a wise life central to it is having a friendship plan that realizes the different places for the different kinds of friendships in there and that actually allows that person to stand in great relationships with the different people according to the reality of the situation and it's and it's not that he's leaving these others high and dry sometimes in humility and reality we just have to recognize maybe we would have wanted to go deeper with these people, but we can't. Mm-hmm. And you never want to pretend to have a deeper friendship than you do. Right. That's not that's not reality. We need mm-hmm. to live in reality. Yeah, because we only have so much time. Mm-hmm. We only have so much emotional capacity or you know, some whatever some kind of capacity. And it just cannot be spread because if you just try to spread it out to too many people, you end up with relationships that are not as deep as right as they could be right. and i think you're less fulfilled in the end mm-hmm. do you think that uh, uh, an issue with men having true friendships is that they don't want to be vulnerable you know, i think a lot of times dave and i we saw an increase in our friendship and when juan you know with juan as well whenever we started really exposing like here's what i'm struggling with here's mm-hmm. who i am as a mm-hmm. person this is this is something I don't necessarily like about myself, maybe, but I need to, I need to work on this. But right. that's not, and it's almost like that's not a natural thing for men to do, right. uh, or, or it's very hard to have the atmosphere to be able to do that with somebody. Right. Do, right. do you see that? that yep. That's that's the struggle with for men. No, uh, absolutely, and, and and there's a couple things going on here. But we can and, and, and let's and, and we can and we can do both. I mean, note how just to kind of uh, hammer down the prior point you're not going to take your deep interior struggles to seven people. Yeah, or to right. your Facebook friends. It just, it, it's, 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 just, it's just not to be done. But again, by, by God's loving providence and just understanding what it means to be human, indeed, to be embodied. You know, part of this has to do with, with as it were, you can only speak about so much for so long. Mm-hmm. You can only be in the bodily presence and attends to, mm-hmm. right, so many people. To go go to the other aspect, it it is hard. You know, vulnerable l- literally means able to be wounded, and this is the thing: when you really give your heart, when you really love another, you are opening yourself up to be wounded. And here's where we can bring in one of the most lovely uh, notions in Aristotle's view of friendship, and that's the friend is another self. And if you think about it. If a friend has become another self, that we we fundamentally constitute that friend as another self by our attitude towards him, right? Mm-hmm. By 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 going out in love, and and think how that does make you woundable, because now, as it were, anything that that person suffers, now you're going to suffer mm-hmm. because of your of your deep love. I mean. To me, a very simple example of this also is, is and it's, it's the same thing, although not, not the identical thing. You all know, once you have children, first of all, once you're married, mm-hmm. and then you have children, y- you have a lot more ways that you can suffer. Mm-hmm. 
right? and, and the th- things that weigh upon your heart, right? because in a sense your heart is out there with them. This, this demands a lot of you and is constantly calling you out. So there's that aspect of being vulnerable. You can suffer in, with, and through them. Mm-hmm. And finally, there's so many different angles on this. There's the angle of now you want to share yourself and then make yourself vulnerable in the sense of, yeah, actually, I'm struggling with this or I'm failing in this way, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 now that's that's a, that really opens you up to wow. I mean, I have to be willing to show that to the world, but if you're willing to show it, that's the beginning of being able to grow through it in a whole new kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Good deal. All right, so when we get back, we're going to continue this conversation on true friendship with Dr. John Kedebeck. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan and Dr. John Cutterback. Hope you're enjoying the episode. It's a very friendly conversation we're having. Mm-hmm. There's a lot really we want to get to in this in this last segment. I'm a little suspicious on whether we're going to be able to do it or not. Um, but if we don't, there is something that you can do to continue this conversation with yourself via... Dr. Cutterback's book, go to baconfromacorns.com, and you can get his book, What is Friendship? True Friendship. Okay, I'm just looking at the back. What is True Friendship? What's the title? I can't see. True, true Friendship. friendship. True it's just called True Friendship. Mm-hmm. So go get it. I've read it. It's wonderful. Quick read, but very deep. So anyway, uh, you're also going to be launching a new website soon. I am. Shrouded I, in I, some I, mystery, I, I, a little bit. A little, you know? little bit of mystery. Yeah. But the, the idea is going to be basically the same as, as, as the current one. My, my passion there is to bring the things I've been blessed to be able to be sharing with undergrads for years now, these incredible insights of the ancients, and try to make them accessible and uh, so we can see how to live them mm-hmm. in the particular challenges that we have today. So that's, that's, that's the, uh, my main focus, particularly thinking about family, household, relationships, also going to be doing some things on the nature of good work and on stewarding nature. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm expanding the kind of topics I'm going to be bringing Aristotle and Plato and the ancients to and making videos and more kind of resources available. Sweet. Awesome. Mm. So awesome. Thanks. So uh, go to baconfromacorns.com. Yeah. You can sign up to get notified when yeah. the, yep, the exactly. new website yep. launches. And you send out everything yeah, right. every Wednesday. You send out something. Yep. That's right. So if you bacon sign up, that's from, what you get. It's yeah. just yeah. It's the Wednesday quotes. So you can brief, follow brief Dr. Cutterback on LinkedIn even. I follow you on LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. I'm on Facebook. On too. Facebook. There was a yeah. bacon from Acorns page there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or or but also on LinkedIn. It is. If you're a LinkedIn big person. LinkedIn guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Let's so, get going. Anyway, um, what were the things we said we were gonna? They were just so. What were they? What spouses? Spouses. Okay. So yeah, in an authentic friendship, in between breaks, we talked about really you can only have a, a, a few, to maybe two or three, friends. authentic friends. It just that's. The only that you only have so much time. Yep. How do spouses fit into this whole equation? Yep. Well, let's let's do this. Um, we can say something kind of for everybody here. Obviously, um, not everyone's married. Those of us who are called to 
be married, or called are married, mm-hmm. um, or will be married. The there is a, a unique. Saint Thomas actually says of the spousal relationship, they they are the greatest of friends. It's there, there's there are unique challenges there, but all the principles that he talks about in in friendship, shared life. A couple of things just to note quickly. Um, that's lived especially in conversation. Mm-hmm. One of friends most alive, the most right. alive and rich conversations. We have to learn, friends know how to be in the presence of one another. They need to know how to share their life in the most deep and profound and human ways. And there's conversation and there's conversation. In many ways, our, right. our, our, our culture is hindering our ability, is, is stripping us of the contexts and the habits of how to really be present and share ourselves in an intellectual and spiritual way. So just, that is a quick kind of sidebar, and that's that's a centerpiece of understanding, particularly the deeper the friendship, the deeper the intentional conversations that are going on. Let's let's come over to spouses. I, mean, I, I like to say, you know, when are spouses most alive together? I can in tell you. Act. Yeah. Well, um, I I I'm I'm going to disagree. Okay. Sweet. I, I I am. Okay. With with due respect. Yeah. I I think there that is a, a unique focal point of shared life. It's a, a unique kind of height. There is no other expression that has um, well that power and is so uniquely expressive of total donation in marriage. Yeah. It's a, it's a complete giving of oneself to the other. It, it it is it is or in any case it's it should be should right? be right I mean it's it's by its nature yeah. it's a sign and kind of embodying of it mm-hmm. right okay but at the same time when are we most alive together I I I I'm gonna present I mean you could say well what exactly do you mean by that good good question. But I like how thank he, you. I, thank you. I, I yeah. like how he. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. We're can, not very can, good at this, so you can, just can ask I, the questions can, and. Can, yeah. That's what I'm just going to do from now on. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah. let me tell you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I gave a great interview today. <laughs> Best I've heard you give. Yeah. Right, you know, long, long, long time. Let me put it this way. Another, another thing I like to say to, to married couples: Where do you think your marriage is going to be made or broken? Is it in bed? Or is it in your rational communication and conversations? Hmm. And I think it's I think it's the latter. Now these are deeply intertwined, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I mean, note. I mean, again, there's so much we could go into. I think this is where men particularly need to learn from the women. Our, our wives have they have a natural sense of the personal and of personal presence, and and even the marital act itself. I think for women. And I know we're going into deep waters here. Can be a very disappointing thing if they aren't <laughs> experiencing that this is of a piece with uh-huh. that. This is a further expression of the the communication and conversation that most expresses who we are. And I I so I, I mean I, I'm not telling you all you're no, wrong. No, no, I know. And, I think that's a really all, good point. Are, you know, yeah, I think it, it, I think it depends on what you meant by fully alive as well. Yeah, um, beca- sure. because also and also we're we're also responding from a man's perspective, you know, which is only half of the half but, of the, but the answer. act of potentially creating life could also mean uh, is unique. It, it, it's unique. 
being it's, fully it's, alive. It's, it's irreputable. Although, uh, uh, although I mean, I mean, consider this. I mean, where Aristotle, pardon me, where the Blessed Mother and Saint Joseph completely alive with one another. Mm. Yeah, um, I think they were. Mm. Our, okay, our, checkmate. Our, yeah, our, our, our friends in heaven. Or, you know, now totally there's alive. no giving and taking of in, in marriage, but I certainly um, trust I'm gonna have a very special relationship with my wife, and I mean a, a sharing of our full persons. Yeah. In in this life, we have this incredible gift of that unique sign of the marital act, which then is blessed with being fruitful. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I I'm taking nothing away from the power of it, but but note, I mean, how many experience in the married life that the marital act actually ends up being. A bone of contention. Yeah, it ends up being something again that particularly. Hmm. I mean, th- there's an, there's an immediate kind of uh, say enjoyment from the male part just by the difference between man and woman, where it's kind of more more dare I say easily experienced as yeah. wow we are so together. Whereas I think this other point that I'm uh, I'm expressing the the deepest way that humans are together is in a fully personal and rational way. And the marital act can be most itself, and is most itself, when spouses are kind of most alive, I think, in their rich communication, trusting conversations. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, John Paul II, when he was commenting on the sign, what is the sign of the sacrament of marriage? He said that it's actually difficult to say. Was it the marital embrace or was it the the shared common life together, you know, the everyday mm-hmm. What is the because all the sacraments have a sign and marriage is kind of difficult to pin down exactly what it is and so I think he said in the end it's both um, because you, you can't really separate the two. Well, this you know, if I may, I'm going to interrupt, but um, uh, Saint Thomas in just arguing why it is the greatest friendship said because friendship by definition is a sharing of one life together and he just says that look at these two simple aspects of of the spousal relationship. They share their days together. There is no other way of kind of sharing a whole life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the way that spouses. And he said, and they share the marital act. Yeah. So between between these two things, which very much are to feed off of one another right. and to be a part of one another, you you have this beautiful sharing in in in, in a unique way. Yeah. All right. Let, let's set that aside for a moment, um, or keeping it in mind. Um, men uh, especially need male friendships. Yes. Always. Mm-hmm. And I like to say, if, if we're going to be the husband we need to be, that we want to be, we need to have strong male relationships also. Mm-hmm. And indeed, while we can learn much from our wife about how to be a good husband, we need good husbands to also teach us, mentor us, reflect with us, be there with us in helping us understand how to be a good husband. Right. And so again, in that beautiful panoply, of the different relationships that we have, it's it's another it, it feeds back into that spousal relationship, mm-hmm. but is but is it's essential and it's an incredibly beautiful thing in its own right. It doesn't take away from our marriage. It actually it actually supports it, and I, I also like to say leading up to marriage, I mean, good male relationships. This is, this is part of the problem of starting to to date court too soon. Mm-hmm. Men need to be forged into men in manly relationships primarily. Those who move into romantic relationships very early on, 
it, it, it tends to take them away from the kind of strong male relationship that can really be forging mm. their manly character. Yeah, I agree. Preparing them for marriage. So we only have a couple seconds left. Okay. What do you think is the purpose? God created us this way to need, we have to give ourselves yeah. away, you know, in yeah. friendship. Yeah. Um, why did he do that? Why is it that he made us so oriented towards yeah. relationship? Now that is a great question. And let's just try to get a little glimpse of something that will, there'll always, always be much more to say. In answer to that question, I, I truly say I'm deeply convinced it will always be more to see. It is a way of his sharing our his life, which is the, of the deepest communion with us, and inviting us to experience that with other human persons. A beautiful gift in itself, and that prepares us to do it with him. With him, right. You know? Boom. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do one more episode with Dr. Dr. John Cutterback. So be sure to check that out. Next week, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Amen.